Hi, welcome to Ready to Scale Season 3. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman. I'm a real estate investor, syndicator, and operator of multifamily properties. And in this season, we're going to focus on dialogues that drive success. Building real wealth is not a fairy tale nor rocket science, but there's so much to learn. So grab a cup of coffee and join me each week for in-depth conversations with successful real estate investors. Conversations that are designed to help you drive your wealth, investment, knowledge, and lifestyle to the next level. And of course, you can always go to my website, elliperlman.com, to read more about investing passively in multifamily. everyone, welcome to another episode of Ready to Scale. I'm your host, Ellie Perlman, broadcasting from Providence, Rhode Island. Today, I want to talk to you about the connection between the booming single-family home market and multifamily and how one impacts the other. So before I get started, I just want to say that I actually don't really own any single family homes as a source of rental income. This is all the information here. This is, of course, I'm not an investment advisor. This is just my opinion, my observation of the market. And I just want to make it, you know, clear. I do not own single family homes. I only own multifamily and other investments. But, you know, I made the decision not to enter the single family home a long time ago. Just from scalability perspective, I wanted to make sure that if I buy, instead of buying one door, I do the research and negotiate and buy 100, 200, 400, 500 doors. It just made more sense to me. However, it's not a secret and everyone knows that the single family home market is on fire, literally on fire. So if you're looking at May's home prices, they have grown, you know, in rates that are kind of annualized rates of almost 18%. And home values are appreciating across the board, almost in every market in the US, but they have been appreciating at rates that we have not seen before. The average US home is up, you know, more than $33,000 on average. That's a 10% increase only in the first five months of the year and about $63,000 increase since the beginning of COVID around March of 2020. These are huge numbers if you think about it because the income has not grown as much since the beginning of COVID. It actually went down if you're looking at the average income, you know, taking into account all the unemployment and this is definitely not sustainable what's what's happening in the US today. And I don't know if you're watching the news or kind of reading of what's happening in the real estate world, but recently Blackstone, which is a company I love very much, basically acquired single family rental firm for about $6 billion. It's a rent to own company called Home Partners of America. And that company owns about 17,000 homes throughout the US. And so, you know, this is not the first time that Blackstone is doing something like this. After the Great Recession, Blackstone bought about, well, I'm not sure what was the number exactly, but they purchased 
distressed single family homes and rented them out through a company called Invitation Homes. So they've been really good at understanding what recessions do to renters and to home buyers. And that move is a very interesting move. Many people think that that would be a beginning of a new era where a lot of homes now are out of reach, which, you know, I, I don't think that this is a fair assessment to say that 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 is definitely what's going to happen in general. I think there are going to be more more homeowners or potential homeowners that will not be able to purchase homes. But I wouldn't say that it's going to be impossible or extremely hard to own homes, as some people say. But the bottom line is that buying homes today is harder than it was before. If you think about it, you need to put, you know, down payment. Interest rates are still low, even though they're increasing, but they're still low. But if the valuation is higher, many times the lender, they're going to look at the higher valuation. And sometimes, you know, they're very conservative. They're not necessarily going to give home buyers, let's say they're looking at 65% loan to value. They're not going to do it based on the purchase price. They're going to go based on their own valuation. And if someone bid, you know, $300,000 for a house that the lender's evaluation is about 280000 then their loan is going to be a fixed percentage out of their valuation, not the purchase price, which means that the owners need to bring a much bigger check to the table. That's going to make it a bit harder for more and more homeowners to purchase a house. This is pretty clear how you know that's going to play out in terms of the multifamily space which is where I live so I own you know thousands of units throughout the U.S. Texas Florida Georgia and we're extending into the Carolinas and we normally purchase class B assets we renovate the units and we basically make the case for higher rents but the impact of what's happening right now with single-family homes is pretty remarkable because we're going to have fewer homes in the market. They're going to be fewer homes because many people who would otherwise sell their house, they're looking around and they're seeing that supply is constrained, that whatever they can, you know, even if they're going to make a killing selling their home, you know, what else can they buy? It's also, you know, very inflated and very, you know, high priced elsewhere. So fewer people are actually interested in selling their homes today. So you have fewer homes in the market. And that's basically has been impacting single family home prices that are on the rise. So you have fewer people that can afford a home. And so people always obviously need a place to stay. And if they cannot afford buying a house, or if they don't want to live in the area where they can actually afford a home, then they'll prefer to live in a decent area and rent. And so demand for apartments is going to be even stronger. And we've seen the demand for apartments has been on the rise since I would say June or July of 2020 of last year. And the demand is still increasing. And when I said the demand is, is increasing, I mean that we see foot traffic much higher every month. So we have many more tenants knocking on the door, going to the leasing office, calling, browsing our websites, the properties websites, and making basically inquiries about rents. We see a lot more eyes on every vacant apartment, and we see potential renters that are willing to sign on a lease 
quickly before rents are going to go up. And so because the demand is basically increasing, we have been able to push rents beyond what we have projected even before COVID, which was a great surprise for us. But we keep doing that because now that we have more eyes on each vacant units, we have more inquiries, we have, you know, stronger foot traffic than we can afford to raise rents even more than what we thought we could basically charge because there's still going to be people who would be willing to pay and able to pay the rents. And so since the beginning of COVID, our portfolio has been for the most part highly occupied by about 90, 95% plus on each property. And we have been pushing rents 10 to 20% and many times even more. And sometimes I avoid talking about how much we're raising rents because it does not sound real. I mean, the, the number that, and I'm looking at those numbers every week, it's kind of an imaginary almost number. And so the constraint on the single family home supply and the increase in single family home prices, they all create more demand to our properties. Those who are able to buy homes, they usually have enough income to be able to afford a nice or renovated apartment in a decent area, which is why I'm a huge believer in class B also class A, but mainly class B assets in solid areas because you have those solid tenant base that is unable to buy a home or able to buy a house, but not in the area where they want to live. So they prefer to stay in a good area, but rent a house. So that's basically how the rise in single family home prices, all this extremely hot single family home market is impacting the multifamily market. It's doing wonders to this market. And it's a very, very, I would say not bubble resistant, but recession resistant investment vehicle. So what's next? You know, it's really interesting. I've been asked this question a lot. What is next? What's going to happen? And of course, if I knew I would be extremely wealthy today, if I could predict what's going to happen next, but just based on the data and I'm obsessed with data. I'm obsessed with trends. I love reading reports. I know I'm, I'm a huge nerd. I do believe that prices, the single family home prices are still going to stay high in the next 12 to 18 months. The supply is still going to be a fraction of what it was before. And I think it's going to take a little bit of time, probably a year to year and a half until we're going to see the single family home market cooling off. Whether that's a true projection you know, let's play this video or audio if you're listening to me on iTunes in 12 months and see, but I don't see any major forces in the market that can actually cool off the single family home market anytime soon. And so as long as that happens, we're going to see an increased demand to multifamily homes, which makes it a really great investment. And just a small anecdote before I'm going to let you go. On one of our properties in the Atlanta MSA, there was a brand new neighborhood that was built. And about a year ago when I was driving by, doing my due diligence also before I purchased the property, I was looking at the sign and the sign said that homes are starting at 200000 And I spent some time there during my last travel to Atlanta last week. And the price went up $100,000. And it's just to show you how hot the market is. And it's, again, it's great for my property because unfortunately fewer 
of my tenants will be able to afford a home now. And it's also great because it's going to increase the desirability of that little pocket, that area, because you have more tenants with better household income with more means that are going to be able to purchase those homes, which will just make this area a lot stronger and will make my property worth a little bit more. So that's it for today, guys. Be bold, be great, keep pushing forward. And, you know, I'll see you on the next episode. Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.